Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. My name's Lauren LaGrasso, and this show is meant to help you make creativity the filter for your life, redefine your relationship with fear by taking it out of the driver's seat, step more fully into the essence of who you are, and claim your right to have a dream and take up space. Today, you'll hear from a powerhouse in both publicity and TV production, truly one of the best in the biz. She has great takeaways on why it's so important to seize every opportunity and to see the potential in yourself and others. She even gives us a play-by-play on how to make and direct a music video, such valuable content. But before we jump in with her, I want to ask you a favor. If you love the show and it has helped you, please consider leaving it a rating and review. It really helps bring the show visibility, push it up the charts, and helps connect with more creatives. Also, consider sharing the show on your Instagram stories or Twitter. Tag the guests at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Now to the guest. Today, you'll hear from one of my favorite people and dearest friends, Paria Sadigi. Paria is a storyteller, publicist, television producer, and now a music video director. She's best known for producing and publicizing some of reality TV's biggest shows, and she's also the director of my latest music video for my single, Freak Show, which you can check out at the link in the show notes. And side note, the video also premiered in People Magazine last Friday, and we're very excited, so definitely go check out the article. The biggest reason I wanted to have Paria on the show is because she directed my new music video. I wanted to give you behind-the-scenes insight into how we made it, show you how you can produce your own project, and also show the incredible benefit of seeing each other's talent, even when we don't see it ourselves. Outside of that, Paria has a really amazing creative journey. She found a dream on the way to her dream. She seized a small opportunity in the pursuit of her ideal career and ended up with a new dream that ultimately became her career and passion. She's one of those rare people in this industry with so much heart, who's really in it because she cares, and I can't wait for you to hear her insight. Now here she is, my friend, Paria Sadigi. I'm so happy to be here with you. I adore you and I love you so much, and I am just honored to introduce you to the audience. So Paria, welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative. Thank you for having me. <laughs> My first. <laughs> Is this your first podcast? I did a podcast years ago, but it was very like centered around the shows I work on. And again, years ago, like five, six years ago. So yes, pretty much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I think two people listened to that one. Okay, great. Well, hopefully we get at least three for this. I want to just bring the listener into our world and how we met. So years ago, I was working at Sirius XM and producing Maria Menounos' Sirius XM show. You brought on a talent to be on her show. And you and I just kind of fell in love. We connected I saw the warmth and goodness in you. And I don't know, it was like, sometimes you instantly connect with people. And I feel like it's hard in this business because everything's so hustle bustle. And especially when you're bringing somebody onto a show and like you're meeting very quickly, but I just, I don't know. I saw a light in you and I was like, I want to be that girl's friend. And we've kind of fell in love and been in each other's lives in some capacity ever since then. You absolutely took my breath away. I remember just thinking you were so smart. You were so on it. And you were also so kind. Like you said, sometimes the industry feels very transactional and I didn't ever feel that with you. And I'll never forget you text me. I think that night or that evening, I actually remember this. Yeah. And I was at my desk 
crying because I don't know how you saw what you saw in me in such a short amount of time. And you're like, I hope you pursue everything that, you know, brings you joy. And I, I knew you were my girl since then, for sure. It's so funny because there are certain moments in my life that I remember really, really vividly. And texting you that night was one of them. I remember I was laying on my floor in this apartment that I don't live in anymore, but it was like really beautiful, like a loft apartment. Just being like, I have to tell this girl what I feel and what I see. Yeah. And I think that that's just a teachable moment that even if you don't know someone like pointing something out that you see in them can be really a pivotal moment in your life and theirs. It can bring a level of connection between the two of you and it can be the inspiration for somebody to keep going or to go in a different direction. So yeah, I'm just so glad that we both saw each other and connected and we get to work together and be friends now. (laughs) I have to say, adding to what you just said, when you feel seen and you feel supported and you feel championed, especially when you feel like that's actually your role for everyone else in your life, that was what I think brought me to tears because I want to be everyone's biggest champion and I want people to know they matter. And I want people to know that, you know, the sky's the limit, but often I forget that about myself. I'm not just a clog in some machine. Like I'm a human being too. And you kind of reminded me of my own dreams of my own strengths. And that like, wow, I guess whether we want it or not, we are being seen by other people. Even in that quick meeting, you saw something in me and it really woke up a lot of just this need to not only keep doing what I'm doing, but also realize that you never know how you affect those around you. We're truly in charge of the energy we bring into the room. And you have to make sure every time you bring that energy in, it can feed into others, you know? Otherwise, what's the point? We belong to each other. Why else are we here if not to just do it together? A hundred percent. And when you're talking just now, I mean, I really think it'd be a great moment to give someone listening some advice on this business is really tough and rough. And there's days when I know you and I both have like been brought to our brink and like, why the F are we doing this? Like, it's hard too when you're an empath and when you're a lover of people and you're a highly sensitive person, because it can be brutal. And there's a lot of people who are in it for a transactional relationship at best. Sometimes they're actually evil even. So what would be your advice for somebody listening who really wants to make it in our industry Um, who has an open heart, who is someone who leads their life with love, how can they continue down that path while also protecting themselves? Mm, Such a good question. Because I'm nearly 37. So I've been doing this in the industry, different avenues for about, gosh, 15 years, which is crazy to say out loud. And I think I'm just learning how to protect myself without feeling as if I'm not giving just as much to the career, the passion, and those around me. I think no matter what field you're in, no matter really what you do, as a human being, you should always remember that you're the first and last person you actually have to kind of cater to that putting yourself on the back burner truly serves no one. And you also don't have to be a machine, Mm. you know, and I'm a workaholic. I want to work seven days a week. I'm a people pleaser. 
I'll never forget a colleague of mine called me that a few years ago and I was so mad at her. I was like, how dare you? I found that to be such an ugly label. But then I'm like, hey, I mean, where's the lie? I'm a people pleaser. And I want the people around me to be pleased. I want them to feel that I've given everything to them. Truly, truly, my mom has really instilled this in me since childhood. Don't break other people's spirits, Mm. but also show up for folks in the same way you want them to show up for you. And I do that with friendships, but also anything I do in, in work, even the project you and I have worked on. I just wanted you to be so happy with it at the end of the day, but also to feel like in some way, I wanted to make sure, I don't know that I completely succeeded, but that you felt kind of like the star because you are the star, you know, in, in the big scheme of things. And it's hard because you're giving a lot of yourself and then sometimes it feels like no one's giving it back to you and then you feel depleted, but you just have to constantly find a really happy medium. Mm-hmm. And once you do, that's really where the magic happens. So are you just now, because I know you said you're just starting to finally learn this, just constantly checking in with yourself. Like, how did that feel? How could I enter that situation and set a better boundary? Is it like, how are you working toward feeling that out? I definitely am checking in more often, but I'm also definitely creating boundaries, whether people like it or not. I give a lot whether again, it feels like that or not. Some people may look at me and go, this chick is lazy. Like we could have had someone else in her position who would have done 450,000 times more than her. No one's thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to break it to you. (laughs) You never know. I just had to stop the train of thought before it went off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we need friends like you in, in our lives. But no, you know, like I think building better boundaries, checking in with myself, also communicating, you know, like back in the day, for instance, someone may text me on a Saturday and say, Hey P, can I have X, Y, and Z? And I'd be like, yes. Now I'm like, Hey, can we, can we do this on Monday? You know, I don't have access to it, or it'd be a lot easier for us to just reconnect on Monday so that I can give myself one weekend day off or give myself some kind of breather. Yeah, that's excellent advice. By the way, I have to say, as you build boundaries, you piss people off. It annoys everyone. And that's where my struggle was because I'm a people pleaser. So here I am trying to take care of myself. And I knew that the minute I start to build those boundaries, I'm going to annoy people. And that was so unsettling for me. But they they move on. We all move on with our lives. But think of how much, yeah, like we also have to think about how much we're annoying or disappointing ourselves by not setting them. You know, if somebody's used to having unlimited access to something, if your whole life has been a a fucking buffet to somebody that they can just come and eat at whenever they want. And suddenly you're saying no one plate per person, they're not going to be happy, but guess what? You've got limits. You're a human being and you need to start being an unlimited pool of self-love and self-care for yourself because Otherwise, you're not going to be able to give anything to anyone else. So it's, it's a really hard lesson to learn. I'm still in the thick of it myself. But I think getting comfortable with other people being uncomfortable with your boundaries is a huge step in the right direction. So I commend you. So, okay, let's talk about your path. I want to know how you got to where you are today. You mentioned you've been in this industry for 15 years. That's amazing. You are a veteran and I admire and respect you. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about this long and winding road that is Paria's journey. Oh, 
I have to always start because I'm a big Oregon Duck fan, but I uh, went to Oregon for school and always, always thought I was going to be a journalist. I wanted to be a war correspondent. As a child, I was saying that before I think I even knew what the heck that meant. I wanted to, you know, boots on the ground, be an embed, tell those stories, give access to regions that perhaps weren't being really given access to. So that was kind of eyes on the prize. So when I went to Oregon, um, I learned how to shoot and edit and produce and write and do all the amazing things that that program gives you and quickly learned how uncomfortable I was in front of the camera mm. and quickly realized all of my classmates were always asking me to show up to do the shoots. Like, Pari, can you shoot? Can you shoot? Like, I was like, why is everyone asking me to shoot? Maybe because they knew I'd say yes, probably. At first I was like, oh, they think I'm talented. No, they probably just knew I'd say yes. Um, and I loved being behind the camera. I loved kind of directing. I loved knowing how to set up a good shot. So even in college, I was like, I know I want to do news and I want to be here, but I don't think I want to do anything on camera. And I got very lucky, long, long story short, I end up at ABC Network News. Two days out of college, I moved back to Los Angeles. I thought I was going to go to a small town, podunk, wherever, and work in a you know small station because that's, you got to pay your dues. No, I find myself at Network News, which is like going from high school to NFL. It's like the way I always equate it. And working alongside some of my heroes and the most brilliant minds in journalism and helping on a small scale as a develop, uh, desk assistant. What was great about the LA Bureau is you bounce between the desk and being sent out to produce live shots, produce, shoot. They would give us cameras and we would shoot our own content. You were very hands-on. So I kind of, in my short time there, I felt like I did a lot of everything. Managed the assignment desk. I'd been promoted to weekend assignment editor, which was really cool because you could pitch ideas to the morning conferences that you had with like all the bureaus across the country and being there in the room when breaking news was happening, when, you know, Michael Jackson died, when, for me personally, when Iran started their green movement where the young kids were literally revolting in the streets and dying. I was there for a lot of that. President Obama, like mm. just incredible moments. I wish I had journaled. I really wish I had journaled. Um, and being in the vibrancy of a newsroom was like everything you could ever dream for and more. And then something happened that I'm, I'm not going to discuss that was like, oh, maybe I don't want to be here. Maybe I've idealized what the news business is and what we're supposed to do as journalists because something was said and done and whatever that kind of really woke me up to, you know, perhaps it isn't what I made it up to be in my mind. And just around that exact same time, I mean, God, the universe, pretty amazing. One of my colleagues ended up getting a job at the startup production company. He's a brilliant mind. He was one of the best at ABC. Everyone respected him. He got shit done that like could be impossible to others. And I'll never forget, I was in the newsroom that day. He walked out and he said, I'm leaving. I'm going to go help start a startup. And we're like, what are you crazy? Like, <laughs> this is like, you have the dream job here. He leaves about two or three weeks later. At the time I was engaged to a soldier who was in Iraq. And oftentimes his mail to me would go into my junk mail, but I started to check junk mail for his emails. And 
my colleagues email asking me for my resume was in my junk mail. So I would have missed it. And he would have just thought I was ignoring him. You know what I'm saying? And moved on with his life because he's not going to chase me. It was a small role. It was a, for a development assistant position. Like, oh, I can get another girl. And because of where I was in my life, I ended up finding the email and going, wow, he wants me. He's considering me. And I responded and I sent it and went through the interview, thought I bombed the interview. I watched no reality TV at the time. So I really embarrassed myself with my boss. But for whatever reason, he saw something in me and he hired me. I put in my two weeks. I'll never forget my last week at ABC where Diane Sawyer and her entire team were in Los Angeles. So working alongside her, it was just such a like, fun way to say goodbye to this dream and business that I loved so much. And then I started at this company and um, never looked back. And, and just to be clear, the company, it started up just producing reality TV, which is why you mentioned you didn't know anything about reality TV and. Oh yes. Yeah. Reality TV uh, production company. Yes. Correct. Yeah. It's just amazing. Cause like there's so many parts of this business. It's a lot of hard work, but it is also, there's just parts that are just fate or, I mean, I don't know what you call it, fate or luck or being in the right place at the right time or checking your junk email. <laughs> and it's just so wild how one little thing can change the trajectory of your life. Like I'm just curious if you hadn't gotten that email, where do you think you would have gone next after that? Like, did you have a next plot point for your path? Oh, I would have stayed at ABC. Yeah. I would have worked my way up, maybe gone to another like news station or another, you know, but for the most part, I was fine there. I just was jilted and awoken to like Mm. what it really is. And that perhaps I wasn't going to be given that chance to move to London and be boots on the ground and produce, you know, those stories potentially, especially not at that time, nor should I have, I was young and needed to pay my dues. But I think, I honestly think I would have just stayed. I was exhausted and, but I never thought about leaving. The thought never crossed my mind until I got this email from him. And then I'm like, oh, I guess there are other avenues to making TV and to being a creative. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love it because it's like a dream you found on the way to your dream. But, you know, growing up with that like childhood dream that you wanted to be boots on the ground and that was on your heart so strongly and such a strong vision for you. How did you, I mean, did you let that go? Is that still in your heart somewhere? Is that still something you desire to do? Like, how did you work toward realigning your dream? Because that can be really hard, even if you don't want it anymore. Part of you feels like you should still want it because you've wanted it for so long. Such a good question. I think the first few years at the job that I took, I wondered what mistakes I had made just because I love urgency. I love fast paced anything. I feel like I haven't earned my paycheck for the day unless I'm absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. And I loved that pace and coming here and you know being a development assistant and it was a brand new company. So we were assembling furniture. We were buying crafty. I was sometimes working with development, but really I was doing more like office stuff. And I I think I actually talked to my boss about this. Like at one point I went and I was like, I left network news and now I'm like stocking the fridge. Like I just, I felt very incomplete. Yeah. And maybe that first year, two years, I was really, really unhappy. But I remember having that conversation with him and him saying, like, I get it. You've paid your dues. You've done all that. Like, that's not even why I 
brought you here. So it was nice to see that he had bigger dreams for me as well. Going back to your actual question, I sometimes miss it. I miss, I'll never forget, I went to a party and my girlfriend was with me, uh, one of my girlfriends. And she's, it's funny, at the time I wasn't doing anything in PR, she was a publicist. And we went to her friend's house who works for the LA Times. He covers the sports beat. And so she's introducing me to him and says, you know, this is Paria. She used to work at ABC News. And he goes, everyone almost was like, oh, that's so cool. That's the gold standard. And I went, well, the operative word here is used to. Now I work in reality TV. And he, it was like, it was like someone took the oxygen out of the air and such a lovely guy. He goes, oh, so basically you went from the gold standard to the new gold standard. I was like, ha, 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 perfect, brilliant. Thank you for that. And I miss that. I miss what it means when you walk into a room and you go, I'm a journalist or I'm a reporter or whatever. There is a lot of clout and sexiness around that title. Not to say that there isn't in what I do too. Like now people are like, I want to pitch you ideas. I want to do TV. Like we are so lucky to work in this industry of creatives because it's really the 1%. But (laughs) that was a, again, another moment where I was like, did I make the right choices? But I did. I love, I absolutely love what I'm doing now. And Like I mentioned, I went in as a development assistant, started shooting and producing our sizzle reels. Really early on, wanted to launch all of our social media channels. I knew that was going to be something big. I knew it even when I was at ABC. Um, Managed the content on those pages. Really the only person at the company to do so. Started to do more digital stuff, like launched our first app that ended up not really, you know, going anywhere, but it was fun to kind of play around with, um, launched our YouTube channel. And then one day, I think six, seven, I've lost track of time. Years ago, my CEO was like, I want to have an in-house team. And I said, great, you want me to hire a publicist? And he goes, no, I want you to do it. And it, again, just speaks to when someone sees you. Because this is a theme for you that you don't see in yourself, your own greatness and other people are pulling it out of you. And then you're like, oh, cool. And then you just move on to the next thing and you just like do it with ease and grace. But like my dream for you as your friend is that you start to see your own greatness and like the powerhouse that you are. I mean, like you've brought up all these different things and, and previous to someone being like, I know you can do this. You had no idea you could do it, but then you went ahead and did it. It's amazing. And now you're one of literally the greatest publicists I've ever met in my life. And that is a hard, hard job for anyone listening that doesn't know. Everyone's mad at you when you're a publicist. The press is mad at you. Your boss, your company's mad at you. The clients are mad at you. Like you can never make anybody happy. And you're the go-between between everyone else and you have to make it look easy. And it's not, it's really not. And Paria just does it with grace and ease because you're an amazing storyteller. Mm. But I think it's so amazing that your CEO saw that in you and that you're just like, I'm scared, but sure. Okay. (laughs) And now you're one of the best. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I'll receive graciously and just say, thank you. (laughs) Good. So you've been doing, now you do like publicity, you're a, a producer, you do the digital stuff. So, I mean, you're kind of like, you've got your hand in all these different pots. So you are like a multi-hyphenate creative in your field. And like, you've got all these different skill sets. So you, since the day I met, you have been such a great champion of me and always really see me, not just for like the person I am, but for all the things I want to do and lifting me up. And 
since I've really been delving into my music career, you've really been helping me. And like, you've been like a, a, a kind of a on earth spirit guide for me when it comes to music and like building my brand. And one day we were going out to lunch. It was the day my song freak show came out and we started talking and you're like, are you going to make another music video? Cause I hadn't made one since the first one I put out for road to glory. And you just brought up this idea you had and tell me what was the idea? Like, what was the first thing you said to me? So I had literally heard your song maybe right before. I don't know if you had just sent me the file or what it was, but when I'd closed my eyes and listened to the song, the instruments going into right before the lyrics, I just imagined, I imagined you curled up really tight in the most unprotected position, or maybe perhaps some would say the most protected position, kind of that fetal you know, I find it to be not protective because that's a sign that you're like scared and worried about everything around you. Um, imagine you kind of being just really curled up, your hair falling down over your face. We can't really see you. And as you start to sing almost like a flower, we see you going from that position to just like blooming. And I had these flashes of you like looking into camera and dancing and silhouettes of your hand. And I just had all these flashes that I hadn't had listening because I've been listening to all of your songs and none of them spoke to me visually like this one had. So I just, we were at lunch and I was like, Hey, by the way, if you do decide I had this idea that I think would be cool. Thinking nothing of it outside of more, because I know what the song means to you. I think I really just wanted to share that I connected with you on it, you know, and that that's how I saw your evolution visually within that song. And I was like, well, I see you directing this music video. <laughs> and I saw you kind of like stiffen up when I said, I'm like, well, why don't you just direct it? I could tell you were like equally interested and scared and unsure if you wanted to say yes, but also intrigued to say yes, because you are a storyteller and you do produce and you direct television. You know, you've, You've got all these amazing ideas, but like, walk me through what was going through your mind when I was like, why don't you just direct it when you had never directed a music video before? I, I remember it internally, like kind of gasping, <laughs> but also thinking again, people pleaser, being a perfectionist and loving you and knowing what the vision is kind of having that same conversation <laughs> with my boss. Like I've never done this before. Am I worthy of it? Can I take it on? I have a full-time job, you know? I've never, I've never done this before. And that's so scary. And when you want to do right by people, especially on a project like this, where you're you know, self-funding it and it's your passion project and it's a not passion project because your, your artistry is forevermore a passion project. But like, it's just, it's all you. I was worried in that instance that while it's really cute to say the words, it's a whole nother beast to make it come alive. And I also go through the whole process pretty quickly because I tend to do this to myself of, will the crew respect me? Because they're going to sniff out that I'm a total rookie. Will Lauren kind of fight with me on every idea or every thought because she's going to know I'm a rookie? Will I internally fight with myself because I don't know what I'm doing. So I had all those thoughts really, really quickly. And I don't think you left me off the hook. 
I think I kind of went, I mean, if you can't find anyone else, I think that was kind of our conversation, right? I was like, <laughs> I would love to, I'm honored that you think I could take that on, but maybe if you can't find anyone else, cause surely someone else could do a better job with it. That's kind of where I always just land. Surely someone else can do this better than me. No, because no one was going to care more than you like that. I think is actually your greatest talent is that you care, you care. You're so gifted in so many ways, but the biggest thing is you care more than anyone else I know. And you really want people to shine. Mm -hmm. And so you created opportunities for me, for the crew, for yourself to shine together. But I was like, oh man, I, I knew as soon as I brought it up, I'm like, I'm going to have to push her on this one. <laughs> like, she's not just going to easily, because even, yeah, like there've been other things that we've worked on together where I'd had to like kind of coax you even throughout years to be like, come on, you can do it. <laughs> Let's do this together. Um, but I, I had a feeling that it would be really good for both of us because the last music video I did was great, but it was highly produced and like so much went into it and I overthought everything. And I'm like, what if we just didn't do that this time? What if we just mm. went in and made something great and made it a really fun, amazing experience and didn't put that much pressure on it? It turned out exactly right. But before we jump into to that piece of it, there's a lot of people who are going to be in a similar situation to what I put you in, uh, where somebody brings something up, where somebody sees something in them that they hadn't seen in themselves before. Um, where they're given an opportunity that they don't feel ready for. What's your advice to them on how to move through, first of all, to the yes, and then to move through the self-doubt that comes after the yes? Oh, you are good at your job. Um, this isn't advice necessarily. I love a good challenge, but I also truly believe that I'm a student of life and of art. And while I was terrified at the prospect of taking this on and falling truly flat on my face and disappointing you, wasting your time, energy, money, everything, I was like petrified. I think we left at like 4 a.m. on a Saturday that like, and I, I wanted to drive because I kind of wanted to like feel that like I was the captain of the ship and physically put myself there, even though I, I'm sure most directors are like, no, let me, let me stew on this and let me be the whatever. But like, I'm weird. I like, I like tangible and, and just hard work. Um, but I like a good challenge and I wanted to learn because why not? You know, I love producing. I love making things. And I felt like this could be an opportunity, A, to collaborate with you, which is incredible for all you listeners out there. Like you want Lauren in your corner in everything you do, because she says I champion her. She champions me in every capacity. And I, I, I knew I could study it. Like I watched music videos every single night for weeks, because even before we got into the actual planning stage of it. I was like studying this in a way that I'd never, I, I used to, by the way, which is kind of funny. I loved music videos growing up. My most excited hour of the day was running home after high school, elementary school, whatever it was, and watching TRL. Like I loved when they launched the new music video, like watch them all day and all night because it's such a precious, beautiful, fun way to tell a story with music and who doesn't love music. But I found myself trying to figure out really what I wanted to tell 
out of your song visually, like really which direction I thought was deserving of you. <laughs> and as you know, obviously, just for a little background for folks listening in, we we were torn between locations. And really once we mapped out the location, that's when everything just kind of clicked for me as I was designing the mood board and, and the shot list, because I could visualize where I wanted you and how I wanted to see the sun hitting you or how I wanted to see the dirt kicking up from your feet. And down to like, again, even that first shot, how I wanted your hair falling in your face. So I do, I do think again, for folks out there, if it scares you enough, it's probably worth it. But it also requires you to put everything into it, to study the craft, whatever that may be, talk to people, ask questions. I mean, even with the DP, I hadn't realized that in order to do slow-mo, because I wanted a lot of slow-mo throughout, you needed to crank the music up. And I don't think I have an ego. I hope I don't. I think in some places, sure, I'm a human and ego gets involved. But when I know nothing, I'm quick to say I know nothing. And I kind of wanted him to know. And I think in our first conversation, I was like, I've never done this before. So I hope you're okay. You know, like we're going to get through this and I have ideas and we have ideas, but asking those questions, being okay to kind of fail, but we are in charge of ultimately really where we go in life and what directions we take. And I could be the person who says no to everything, but I tend to be the person who wants to say yes to everything. I want to prove to myself, to you, to everyone involved that it's always possible. It's always possible. Yeah. And that was a lot of good advice. So like study what it is that you're seeking to do, prepare as much as you possibly can admit when you don't know something, you know, don't be too proud to not admit it and like be collaborative and ask for help and say yes, if it feels good, even if it feels scary, maybe even more so if it feels scary, because there could be something really great, even if all it is, is growth on the other end of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. So, okay, let's walk through a little bit of like, what does it actually take to direct a music video? Like, let's say there's someone listening who wants to direct a music video. What did you do to prepare for this? I listen to your song every day, every morning, multiple times for probably that first week. And this is my own style, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But just like it gives somebody like, sure. and I think it's also interesting because growing up, I'm, I don't know about you, but I never would have known how a music video is made. By the way, one thing you said, cause I'm not sure if it was clear when we say like we shot something in slow motion. So that means like we shot something twice as slow as film would normally be shot. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we had to speed up the song to double time so that when I was lip syncing over the song, it was going to match up with the actual regular pace of the song. Correct. Yeah. We didn't know that going into it. So if, if Paria hadn't admitted that she didn't know that we wouldn't have been able to get the song at the right pace and the whole shoot would have been shot. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> this whole shoot would have been scrapped. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. So let's go through like, you're like in it to win it. Um, oh, also one thing before we go to this, do you ever like not like it when I push you in that way? Like, am I overly aggressive sometimes? This is just like an introspective moment. Like when I'm like, hey, you should do this. Oh, no, no. Because you're so kind and you come from such a, you've got this, I believe in you. You're made of more than you see energy that 
no, it's not, it does not come off pushy at all, at all. Yay. Truly. I'm grateful because perhaps if I said no, because I think I said, I was like, eh, I'm not sure like twice. And if you're like, yeah, I'm going to take that and move along. We, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do this. We wouldn't have had this little creative baby. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, take me through your process. Like, what did you do? So the first, first thing I wanted to do was absolutely know the song and what moments really viscerally I reacted to. So that first week when you're like, hey, can you start to actually put pen to paper and really bring me your vision? Every morning I listened to it multiple times as I was getting ready to go from my bed to my desk. (laughs) (laughs) And I would listen to it during my lunch break because I was in a different mood at that time. And then I'd listen to it every night right before I went to bed multiple times. And for me, that was, it was a two-parter. It was really trying to understand the song, but also really try to see the things I would visualize in those moments. Were they kind of always the same? Or did I have like a new thought? Like, I think at midpoint, oh, the the idea I had of the seasons to be reflected mm. in your wardrobe that came I think after the hundred seventh time I'd listened to the song because all of a sudden I was seeing you morphing but I didn't know how to visually capture that without actually seeing you change clothes then I asked you after after that even though I really didn't need it I asked you to send me the lyrics because then I just wanted to sit with the lyrics without any music. And again, see visually what came to me, what I felt like didn't work. And then I started to work with colors. I wanted to like really, cause at first remember we were thinking about rooftop. So that was a whole. Yeah. So we went through like a few different iterations of where we thought the location would be. First, we thought we were going to shoot on a friend of mine's roof. Then we were going to shoot in a park. Then the DP suggested this amazing idea, Hondro, who we love, suggested this amazing idea of shooting in Joshua Tree. And that, like you said, is when everything kind of came together and started making sense. Yes. So again, admitting that you don't know what you don't know, because he loved the rooftop idea. And then I was like, well, I really want her to be one with nature. Like, I don't like the idea of rooftop for that reason. I love the idea of sunset, sunrise, whatever, but I really want her to be with trees or dirt or leaves or something that feels very raw into nature. And that's when he's like, you know what guys? Cause he hated the idea of a park. Yeah. He was very anti-park. Don't bring up a park to Hondro. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. He was like, I do better than a park. And it's like, yeah, true to that. Um, and sure enough, man, his work, whew, our crew was just exceptional in, in every area. He was amazing too, because he really hurt us. He really heard, I was like, I really want sun flares. I don't know why I just saw sun flares throughout all of this. And I wanted different backdrops. You know, I wanted it to look like Lauren was evolving and changing and even sometimes maybe falling backwards a little bit, but coming back to who she is, like I wanted all that. And he, he's like, we could play with six different locations at Joshua Tree. Genius, truly genius. So once he gave us the location and sent us photos of the location, I was able to kind of put together a mood board as far as colors and looks and shadows and shade and flares and what really I was envisioning. I sat down and again, watched a ton of music videos 
sent Hondro kind of samples of stuff that I really loved and the tone and the colors that I really wanted to match. But I remember when I was writing the shot list, that is where I really fell in love with the idea of slow-mos because there's certain moments in the song that I thought could work so powerfully if we just kind of brought the volume down. And um, and it's, it's, it's crazy because it's not easy. And not that I thought it was going to be easy, but I really started to realize and have such just love for people who produce these mega movies because you really have to think about everything. You have to think about, okay, how early do we have to get to location? How long can we shoot before we'll need to have like a meal break? How many scenes do we really think we can shoot in this one location? Will there be tons of people there? That's why we left so early. And thank God we did, because by two or three when we wrapped, everywhere we were, it was full and it was packed. Remember, Lauren? Like, yeah. So just having to really think about things that you maybe wouldn't. And I am lucky in that I'm, you know, producer by trade. So those are things I think about naturally. But for a music video, especially one where you don't have the massive crew that I guess some do, and you can't just lock down a location like some maybe do. Yeah. You have to be very thoughtful about how you're tackling it. So I think I sent you my fourth or fifth version. You had notes. But I felt like very early on, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I felt like you got it. Like you really saw what the vision was. Totally. And I think this is why it's so vitally important to work with somebody you trust and who you know believes in you and has your best interests at heart. Because I've worked with people in the past where I knew they were good, but I don't know if they were for me. And I know you're for me. So even if there was something I didn't quite agree with and you were telling me, no, Lauren, it is this way, I was like, okay, I'm going to trust Paria because unless I vehemently am like, no, I disagree. And we saw this in the editing process too, right? Where unless I'm no, I know in my gut, this is wrong. I'm going to trust you because I know that you're for me. Mm. And so I think it's so important whenever you're entrusting somebody with one of your creative projects or you're collaborating with someone, pick somebody who believes in you and is for you. And even if they're making a different decision than maybe you would think to make, trust that they are seeing from above in a way that you're not. Such great advice. Cause truly not, not to say that you didn't sit with the project in the same way I did. It's your song. It's your baby. I'm sure when you were writing it, you had, but I didn't sit with the directing in the way you did. Sure, I definitely didn't because I was so hands-on with the last one. And I was so like controlling and like clutching the video that the whole process was miserable. And I'm like, if I trust other people, this is going to be fun. And everything about this process was amazing. And you really held me in that way. Like, I'm so grateful for you because I know you had a million other things going on, but you still found the time like at night and on weekends to really make this a priority and like make this video spectacular. And like the whole crew was so amazing. We had a very lean crew is the two of us. And then Emily, who was our associate producer, Hondro and David, who was, you know, an assistant DP basically. And I mean, everyone worked so well together. We wrapped like three hours early. So, and that never happens for anyone listening. So it was awesome. So like basically what you're saying you did to prepare though. So if we backtrack, sure. you listened to the song a million times, you read the lyrics, mm-hmm. we got our location, you made your mood board. Then you made a shot list, which is basically saying like line by line of the song, what we're going to be shooting. And like, you also incorporate seconds. Yes. Specs, how you're shooting it. 
Is it, you know, wide? Is it close? Is it fast? Is it slow? You've got to be on paper, super organized because we could have gone out there and been like, well, just shoot. I don't know. (laughs) We use it as our checklist. We made sure we got those beats in those moments. Yeah. And then you went on and made a schedule to make sure that we hit each shot in the shot list on time so that we could get everything done in a day. And that even includes like do an outfit change here, change your makeup, change your hair, break for lunch. Like you said, you had four wardrobe changes and hair changes. And what some people may or may not realize we were outside. So we had no control of our elements. Mm -hmm. When you're inside a studio, you don't have to be as like about time. But I wanted the sun to hit a certain way. I wanted shadows in the desert in a certain way. So you really had to be hyper-focused on even just the scheduling uh, of all of that. Was there anything day of that happened that you were like, oh, I wish it didn't happen that way? Like, was there any time you had to roll with the punches? How did you deal with that? Mm-hmm. I, um, <laughs> I'm going to just throw myself under the bus here. I don't think I really expected it to be as sparse as it was. I expected to have trees in the desert. Like I thought we'd have more to work with. So when we went out there, I was like, oh my God, there's going to be no shadows here. Like, you know, no shade rather like that jolted me and I didn't want you to feel it. And I I think maybe I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but I was like, I'll never forget. I got out of the van and you started like right away started to get dressed because we started to see people were showing up and I think we should like let people know we were out there like 3.30 in the morning. Like this crew was amazing. Everyone was down to do whatever to make this happen because we had a two and a half hour drive out of LA, all of us in a van to Joshua Tree. So we get out and I look around and I'm like, oh my God, even though he had sent photos, I think you still just think there's going to be something somewhere because it's huge. <laughs> not a tree inside. Everything was cactus, cacti, whatever, like everything. But we made it work. We positioned you under this tree branch. After I was able to go, I was like, I need that location right there. Cause it was a beautifully arcing tree. Do you remember? And that was the first position we put you in. Yeah. And you got a little bit of shadow in there. We got a little bit of shade from the tree branch, thankfully. But I will say that first initial, I'm like, okay. Cause even in my shot list, And even in my photos to you guys, we had moments of you walking maybe between like multiple trees and like touching roots. (laughs) Where are the roots? We don't even have a tree. How can we touch a root? But what was beautiful is I also had this vision of you walking down an empty like highway. And right there, there was an empty, not an empty, because we kept having to pull ourselves off when some cars came. But and I was like, okay, so thank you, universe, because you took one element that I thought was important and ended up not being important because we were able to play with all the other things in the area. And you gave me the shot that I love so much where you're in that white dress and you're just walking down this empty road. Like, I love that shot so much with just nothing behind you but blue sky. And it turned out brilliantly because there's an empty road right there. <laughs> yeah. So I think the key here is like when you are in a situation like this, when you're any, in any sort of collaborative creative situation where there are time limits and you are dealing with various elements, be flexible because there's also, so we, we found that road. We found like this weird, like U-shaped tree that ended up working. Yeah. And then we found this boulder that did cast a shadow. Mm-hmm. 
that we ended up using. So we didn't get the shadows of trees, but we had the shadow of a boulder. Like one thing that I thought was so cool was that you and uh, Hondro allowed me to like pitch an idea of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I danced and like you took a video of my shadow dancing? And I was so happy you ended up using that shot since the whole song is basically about owning the dark and light parts of ourselves and not abandoning ourselves. Yes. So, you know, (laughs) it's like have your plan, but then also be willing to be flexible in the moment so you can make the best possible product. Absolutely. Absolutely. And be, you know, like you said, open-minded to play a little bit. It does make it so much more fun. And when you were dancing and you saw that and you're like, can we shoot this? It it was poetic. It turned out so beautifully. Could you imagine if we're like, nah, because it's one of, again, one of another, one of my favorite moments in the video. But that just also speaks to like working with people who value your opinion. And they'll tell you the truth. If it was a shitty idea, like I know you would have told me the truth about that too and said, you know what? I don't think we need it but who will at least hear you out and consider it before moving on to something different. I think that's so important, whether you're the person who's hiring or a person who's being hired for a position, Mm -hmm. working with people who are willing to hear ideas. It's really important. Amen to that. Um, Take me through the editing process. You did such an amazing job. One other thing I want to say and, and note about you as a collaborator that would make me want to work with you again and again is you always made sure that something was the way you wanted it before I even saw it, which I know sounds like a dead giveaway, but so many people, they don't do that. They just kind of let anything be sent along. And then you're kind of like editing it with the person you hired versus like the person you hired is getting it to a good place and then bringing it to you. So you did that with the shot list. You said you, you went through it four times yourself before you sent it to me. And then you did this also with the edit where you got it to the place where you wanted it to be with the editor before it was even sent to me. So what was the process like of uh, working with our editor, Jamie? So Jamie and I go back way, way back. And I have never met a guy as brilliant in hearing you, just words, and being able to put exactly what you said in. And I always with Jamie will let him have kind of, I'll give him direction Like I sent him the shot list, the mood board. I sent him all the footage. I sent him kind of a loosey-goosey script on what I wanted the feeling to be and also shots that I really wanted to have in there. You know, the slow-mo moments. I really wanted to see dirt being kicked up by your feet. I really wanted to see the evolution of you. And and I mentioned, you know, the seasons with the wardrobe change. And the first cut he sent us, he and he said this to me, he's like, I didn't realize that was as important as it was because he thought I wanted to be right, like on the nose and hard. And he didn't realize that we were both flexible in that area. So he didn't give us those initial, like the evolution in the seasons. So once I sat back down with it, really started to now at this point do more like time code edit, you know, take this shot out. And I think we had three more rounds of notes for people who don't know what that means. That's me basically paper editing, looking at the footage with a time code and then writing time codes that I love, time codes that I don't like and and us discussing where else we can maybe speed things up or slow things down. And another thing I learned I love the shot from underneath. I love that like regalness. Lauren does not like that shot, but you don't know you don't like the shot until you see it. So making sure you get a lot of angles in any shot you do, thank God. Because if I was married to that regal pose, because I got that a lot, 
you would have been so mad at me. You you would have been like, P, this is all you shot. Everything is from down. Well, I like that shot, but it's the double chin angle. So like, I like it in theory, but I'm just self-conscious about it. So that's another thing too. It's like, you might have something that's gorgeous, like aesthetically, but then the person that you're creating it for feels insecure about it. So it just, it doesn't work. So, you know, I think we still got that regal feeling, but with less double chin angle, which yeah. I like. Yeah, took it all out. Um, no, but it turned out so beautifully. And I'm just like so excited with everything. It's like beyond my my wildest dreams, really. Like, and I'm so proud of you as a first-time music video director. I can just see you doing this as many times as you want to. I don't know if it will become a thing for you, but I mean, I would work with you again in a heartbeat and recommend you to anyone. So, um, yeah, I'm just really proud of you. And I, I wonder like reflecting on the experience, how do you feel? And what do you think that this experience has opened up for you creatively? Oh man. It reminded me how much I love to produce and create because, you know, in my day-to-day job, while I am creating, it's not the same. Um, I love the visual playground that you gave me to play in, but it was Amazing to see how much you trusted me, how much you believed in me, and also being able to take something from nothing, from just music, and turning it into what we were able to turn it into. And I hope it's received well. I hope people see the beauty in it. And I hope that truly it tells the story that you ultimately wanted to say. And that's the magic of music videos. And this is kind of, this is my passion project, you know, and this is play. This is play. Yeah. And I think that it's a myth that we can only do one thing. I mean, like I was just thinking the other day, ever since I was young, I've always done a million things. Like even in high school, I was, you know, like in the Spanish club and NHS and choir and theater. And I was uh, the treasurer of my high school. Like I've always done all these different things. I think if you are someone like that, it's going to feel abnormal to not have a versatile life. And if you're holding yourself back from that, you're going to feel stifled. You're going to feel like what I call pushing down lives inside of you. You're going to feel repressed. And so doing a project like this and working with someone who maybe also has a similar schedule or at least can be understanding of your schedule can really help you unleash. And you certainly shouldn't be holding yourself back from that just because you have a full-time job. In fact, it makes you better at your full-time job because it opens up different portals of your mind and allows you to be more creative there. So I agree. I'm real proud of you. You just did such a beautiful job. You blew me away. If there's one feeling somebody walks away from the music video with, what would you wish it to be? Oh, I think it's tied into, you know, the theme of the song. I hope, especially women, you know, we're often silenced, whether it's obvious or not. We're the first to be gaslighted. You know, it's such a common theme that as women, we are somehow not up to par to our male counterparts. And I find when I'm in a room of women, I'm obviously far more comfortable in voicing things I want to talk about. But when I'm in a room with men, I'm constantly wondering if like, she's too emotional. Oh, she's too loud. Oh, she has too many thoughts and opinions and emotions. And I think 
your song, I know what your, your messaging is. What I hear every time I hear Freak Show is just a woman who has stepped into her own in the most powerful way, who has seen it all, who has been hurt, who has fallen and, and maybe smashed her face against the concrete, and, but who ultimately loves where she's at, you know, and she's happy and she wouldn't really necessarily change anything. And I think for women, I hope, and men, anyone listening to this, I hope you just continue to dream big, you know, and continue to realize that this life of ours is one nonstop freak show, but we're, we're in control and you decide whether you want to stay in the light or if you want to live more comfortably in the shadows. Cause I'm someone who clearly as what I do, I'm more comfortable in the shadows and some need to be in the light to thrive. And we get to decide that for ourselves. Yeah. And you can be in both too. Exactly. The whole song, you know, it's about dark and light and, and committing to yourself wherever you're at, whether you are in darkness or if you are in a, a time when you're going to be stepping out mm-hmm. either way, it's all good, but choose yourself. Cause you don't want to be in some other freak show. Yes. It's better to always choose yourself. Do not abandon yourself. Stick with your own path. Um, and I'm so happy you have, and that you've allowed me to be part of yours and that you're part of mine. I love you and adore you. Thank you for being on the show. I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to my guest, Paria Sadigi. For more info on Paria, follow her at Paria Ozzy on Instagram. That's at P-A-R-I-A-Z-Z-I. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you liked what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show on Spotify. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag Paria at Pariazzi so she can share too. My wish for you this week is that you think about the greatness that your friends, your family, and your loved ones see in you and remember to embrace every part of yourself. You are the light, the dark, and everything in between. And that's beautiful. And on that note, don't forget my music video, Freak Show, is out now. To hear my new song and see Paria's fantastic directing skills, check out the link in the show notes and subscribe to my YouTube page at youtube.com slash Lauren I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.